Hi, welcome to the Writer's Source Podcast, hosted by Ufoma and Faith. The Writer's Source Podcast is a platform for writers and lovers of the writing industry in Nigeria and Africa as a whole. Do sit back and enjoy this episode. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Writer's Source Podcast. Today with us we have Ghanaian American-based poet Cynthia Amor. Cynthia Amor is a Ghanaian poet based in Columbus, Ohio. She's a performer and teaching artist. Cynthia received her MFA from the New School in 2019, where she was awarded the prestigious VD Poetry Prize in 2018, as well as the Excellence in Poetry Prize in 2019. Cynthia is an activist and humanist whose works often highlight lost stories of our immediate words and also marginalized groups. She has performed at um, various um, notable centers such as the Lincoln Theater, the Columbus Museum of Art, the United Nations Information Center in Accra, TEDx Drew University, and TEDx Ohio State University, among others. Amor is also a member of the Black Women Rights Poetry Collective, and she has also facilitated numerous workshops as a teaching artist. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And guys, we're going to have a fun field and discussion with Cynthia. So Cynthia, you're our first Ghanaian guest. We, we tend to say this podcast is a podcast for, you know, African writers, but most of our guests tend to be Nigerian because Nigerian because we, we have most um, connections with our Nigerian audience. But we're so grateful to have someone from a sister country, um, Ghana. It's exciting to have you here. So let's just jump right into it. Um, let's talk about, I think I want to start talking about one of the poems that you regard as, or the poem as you regard as one of your uh, most important works. And I'm talking about Honam. I hope I got the pronunciation correctly. And yeah. when listening to it, did I? Yes. Yes, you did. Ah, yay. <laughs> so when I was listening to it, I'm going through your work, just seeing that it talks about skin, talks about humor, being human and all of that stuff. I just want to know, why do you consider this one of your most important works? Um, yes, so thank you so much uh, for this first question. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I I think it's uh, always interesting anytime I can, you know, uh, share space with uh, other writers or other kind of appreciators of the writing genre. Um, so yeah, so jumping into Hunam, um, I, initially wrote this piece uh, several years ago. Um, I think I had stumbled upon the spelling of the word punam that actually means skin in my native tongue tree. Um, and it looking like the word human in the, in the English language. Um, and so I, I think I was just fascinated by um, that kind of similarity there and decided to write a piece about it. Um, it is the piece that I wrote and performed uh, on the TEDx Ohio State University stage. And I think up till date, that had been the largest stage that I had performed at. I think it was about um, over a thousand, a thousand audience members um, that had kind of witnessed and experienced that piece. And then um, moving forward, it had gotten a lot of visibility as well, like online. Um, and it was the first time that I think people started questioning 
uh, my meaning or my intention behind actually writing the piece. So there were folks actually looking at the video saying like, well, how could I love myself? Because I think I had, you know, weave, I had like fake hair um, performing the video uh, or sorry, performing the poem. And there were, you know, people in the comments saying like, I clearly I don't love myself. So how am I, you know, writing a poem telling, you know, other black women to love themselves? Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think was the first time that like, I had realized that when you write a thing and you put it out into the world, you no longer have control of the thing, right? Like, audience members and listeners then take your work and they can interpret the meaning of it in their own body, in their own mouths, in their own tongues, right? And so yeah. it was just a interesting experience for me to have. And I think, yeah, I think maybe those are the reasons why I, I you know, say that that is my most notable poem. It it had the a lot of conversation and a, a lot of discussion around topic itself um, and, and my intention behind it. Hmm. Um, that I, I that seems like there was a lot of controversy. Like it just seems like there was a lot of controversy over the performance, like you said. But I think that um, when it comes to talking about loving oneself, it's not necessarily about you know what the person is wearing and all that. Yes, we want to enhance how we look at certain times, and I don't think that reduces one's self love for themselves as long as you are not tying your self-worth or your self-esteem or your self-respect to, you know, your weaves, to your makeup or certain things. So I think there just needs to be a balance with these things. And I hope that uh, at some point the audience and people who had these different reactions got to understand um, the points of the poem in itself. Um, okay. <laughs> So I would say, um, when and why did you choose poetry as a career path? Um, when and why did I choose poetry as a career? I don't think I ever chose poetry. I think poetry chose me. Like I don't, okay. I don't think yeah. I. Um, I think you know, along along my journey and along my path, eventually I chose it. Right? Eventually, yeah. I think I surrendered to it because it just never leave me alone. But but yeah, I think initially, I think the gift found me. Um, I think I think my sort of desire and kind of like attraction um, to poetry is really the gift, right? Because I think I have to love it first in order to then create it and produce it. Um, so yeah, I, I think when I was really young um, in, you know, high school, um, I had an English teacher who I guess saw something in my work and saw something in me that I I you know didn't see in myself at the time and so she you know introduced me really to the world of poetry by placing me into a national recitation competition um so it's uh, there's an organization by the name of uh, poetry out loud um that is national I don't think it's international yet but it's national in the states okay. and it allows young people to perform the poems of other famous poets, right? And so the point in the competition is not that you write your own poems, but the point is that you interpret and define meaning of other people's poems, right? And so, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I was placed into the competition for two years in a row and I lost the competition each time. <laughs> and of course I was saddened by the result, but what I learned and what I took away is that I had a voice and that my voice was powerful if I used it. Um, and so I think that was kind of like, you know, my early introduction to the world of poetry. 
um, in, in I think how it chose me. That's actually beautiful. Um, and I think that every writer or every creative has that point, like you said, surrendering to the art. You know that you want, like maybe, like you said, this chose you, so it's something that has been in you and then you just realize that, you know, this is what I have to do and you give into it and you, you focus on that. Um, and um, it's clear that it's been a while you've been doing this. And um, when did you move from Ghana to the US? Was it for your MFA or before? Yeah, no, it was it was way before. Um, okay. I, I think I came to the States really, really young. So I was like two or three. Um, okay. I, I really, I rarely had a relationship with Ghana itself. Um, I think I just knew it as this like, you know, really distant, far away land or far away country that I really didn't have a relationship with. And so um, the only way that I really kind of like retained my culture, retained my native tongue uh, was because my grandmother lived with me um, for years when I was, you know, a child. And she, of course, did not speak English. <laughs> so she only spoke to me in tree and taught me, you know, um, yeah, I, I guess like all about womanhood and um, more about my culture and, you know, just told me stories, um, just historical stories, but, you know, fa familial stories. Um, and so I think that that is really how I kind of retain my culture. But I was really, really young when I came here. All right. So how is it like, you know, having a Ghanaian background and living in the States and, you know, just being um, an artist doing what you're doing in the States? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think I think that the question you just asked is the thing that drives and moves my work, right? Yeah. I that um, my identity is often found a lot in my work. Um, I think also there's an exploration that's found a lot in my work, like trying to figure out who I am as a, an African woman, but also as an American woman, right? These are two very important identities uh, that I hold. Um, so yeah, oftentimes it's it shows up in my work as like questions, as explorations, as really trying to ask myself, well, who am I? Kind of straddling these two worlds. Um, and it's it's something that came up for me during my MFA experience, certainly, like during my my thesis report. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's um, <laughs> actually beautiful. In a recent post on your IG, just flowing from what you said, what you just spoke about, you know, having your your back, your um, history or your background always in your work and all that, you also talk about owning the room when you're performing. Um, knowing that you're in charge and you're in control of the space at the time. So how do you do this as a performance poet? How do you own the room? Are there times where you have a little bit of stage fright or maybe cold feet or or you just feel like maybe low moments that you can't own the stage at that particular time? How are you able to overcome this and say, okay, I need to give my audience a good show and I have to put in the work? That's a great question. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. I think <laughs> um, it's interesting because it's always something that I do or that 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 lives or it's alive from our work in practice, but not necessarily in theory. 
like I've never thought about it, right? I just do it. Um, and I think I think sometimes maybe it comes from the confidence that one has to have when you're on a stage. I, I think whenever you get on a stage, there's always going to be a certain amount of nerves, um, certain amount of fear that tries to, I think, hold you back. Um, but there's this like moment where you like push past the fear and push past the nerves. Um, and just like show up like in all your brilliance and in all your confidence and and in knowing that of course there's also power in the gift that you have to share with others right that there's going to be this incredibly beautiful exchange once you do step into your confidence um i think in knowing that is what allows you to command the room um i think i think the audience members are always going to listen when you have something to say or when you show up and declare maybe that you have something to say. Um, it's really, yeah, just about you kind of taking hold of the moment um, and running with it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, and it's true actually, um, giving, I mean, you can't go on a stage and you know, you know you have to give, just like what you said, you have to give your audience um, what they came for, what they've come to see, what they've come to listen to. And, it takes a lot of willpower, it takes a lot of maturity, it takes a lot of professionalism to get to that level where you know I have to deliver and this is what I do and this is why I'm here. And I'm very, um, I think that I consider performance poets to be one of the, um, should I say, best kind of creatives that they are because it's about writing. It's about performing what you write. It's about holding down your audience, about giving a good show all in one, um, should I say one breath or in one person or in one career. So it's it's amazing seeing people able to do this. And thank you for the work you're doing. You being one of those people. Uh, do you think that collaborating with other performance artists like yourself um, help um performing artist or should I maybe I should rephrase the question to be in what ways would you say collaboration helps um, performing artists yeah I think um first off thank you um for saying that I um of course I'm biased I think performance poetry is you know yeah. incredible. <laughs> but um, <laughs> to hear others agree with my sentiment is is uh, amazing <laughs> yeah you know I do I do know that for a majority of my career, it felt like I was alone. And oftentimes I think writing itself can feel like a really solitary practice, right? Because it's this, um, yeah. again, I think exchange with like you trying to find language for your thoughts and pouring them down on the page. And it's it can be a really isolating practice. Like it's you just sitting in front of, you know, a notebook or a laptop or, you know, whatever device you're, whatever medium you're, you're writing on. Um, and you're just kind of expressing and pouring. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. it's incredibly important when it comes to specifically the writing genre, um, cause it can feel like you're alone. It can feel like, um, oftentimes when you do have a certain thought, <clears throat> excuse me, or a certain experience that comes up, you are the only one that has that experience when in fact it could be a multitude of folks, right. Who are also, you know, um, experiencing the same thing. So it wasn't until I think, um, yeah, a, a few years after I actually kind of declared myself as an, as an artist, like I actually surrendered right to that title. 
uh, as a poet that um, I started like searching for community in a way. I, I was finding other artists and other poets um, who not only did similar work, so they were performance poets, but also um, they, um, yeah, just they were artists also trying to figure it out um, and, and, you know, potentially become full time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I have since been blessed as a result of finding other writers and other specifically other, uh, you know, African women writers or the black women writers to be in community with, because oftentimes they're singing my same songs and oftentimes they're walking my same path. Um, mm -hmm. it's just, it's nice to have somebody there along the, the journey. Oh, thank you so much, Cynthia. Um, just, um, you know, following everything and knowing your experience as a young writer or maybe not even a young writer, just a writer, a poet, an artist looking to take writing or performing as a full-time job or career, what advice would you give um, for such a person starting out? Um, for young, for young writers, um, okay, so a, a message to young writers is that you must write. You must write. There is no um, getting around the thing, right? Even if you like to perform, you must write. And it must be an everyday practice. It, even if you um, write on, you know, one day and you only get out a, a word or a phrase or a line, and then the next day, right, it just comes pouring out of you in, in you know, pages of, of language, of words. Um, you must write <laughs> and you must tell the truth and tell your fullest experience um, yeah. that's the only way. That's the only way to be. Oh, you must write. And yeah, I think I think that the summary of that is just consistency, drag yourself out of bed, write a page a day, write two pages a day, write five pages, you're getting to one chapter, you're getting to 10 points from one point, one line. And you know, yeah, so right now, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with, with that. Um, Cynthia, it's um I, I would like to know really um aside from you know your your writing you also use it as a form of activism. Um how do you push your should I say your thoughts or what you stand for through your poetry? I mean we see that already in Ponam, which we talked about. But I just want to get a little more insights to, you know, using your poetry to reach out to people as a form of activism. I think um, similar to the advice that I think I just offered young people to, to basically essentially tell the truth and tell their yeah. full experience, I think that that is what I do in my work. Um, okay. So something up for me, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of this idea or this concept, uh, this idea of collective consciousness, right? So. It's okay. this idea that, um, that once you start seeing, thinking, feeling a thing, that all of a sudden you see it popping up everywhere around you, right? So all of a sudden, folks around you are maybe also feeling, experiencing a thing. Um, sometimes even like when you're shopping for something online or something, you'll maybe see it um, where you shopped for it on online, but then you'll also see it on social media, right? You'll see the same item kind of pop up. Um, so there's this idea of collective consciousness, right? That we're all essentially going through the same thing. And ideally there's this um, we voice that's happening all around us. And so I think very practically speaking, the way that I kind of transfer uh, my messaging 
into a collective consciousness is by uh, converting the I voice to the we voice, right? Knowing that when I am going through something that we are all essentially going through the same thing. Okay. Um, practically speaking on the page, converting those kind of tones and those kind of voices, but also theoretically knowing that, mm-hmm. like if, if my sister beside me is going through something that I'm also feeling and going through the same exact thing. Sure. And I actually really like that. If I'm going through something, we're all going through it. I want to be more um, empathetic to each other and, you know, just tell the truth. Like you said, it's important, especially as writers, especially as, pe- as people who have the medium to speak through their art and through their craft. Um, it's beautiful what you're doing, um, listening to your poetry and, you know, um, guys, you should. We're going to put a link up in the description box to Cynthia's um, website, so you get um, the link to all of her words and her works and her performances. Uh, Cynthia, thank you so much for sitting with us in this last twenty minutes. It's been um, a very interesting conversation, just learning from you and speaking with our first Ghanaian artist, uh, Ghanaian guest on the show. Um, it's been a complete pleasure and I, I hope that you enjoyed speaking with me as well. This was a wonderful conversation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Right. So guys, um, Cynthia is on Instagram at Poetess Cynthia. And like I said earlier, we're going to leave a link to her website in the description box. Do well to follow, do well to listen to her poetry follow her on Instagram and just, you know, see the amazing work she's doing. Until next episode, do remember to follow us, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on our social media handles. Details are in the description box.